0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet, and it's full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutoMall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now, on to the show with our host, the president of Classic AutoMall, Stuart Houghton.
2: And good morning. It's a snowy day in southeast Pennsylvania. We're getting some snow. It was raining overnight. Now we're supposed to get four to six inches of snow, but, uh, we can live with it, right? Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Happy belated birthday. Hey, thank
1: you very much and uh, happy,
2: happy future birthday. <laughs> we're a fellow Piscean. <laughs> that's right. I don't know what that is. That even, I don't know if
1: that's good or bad.
2: I don't know if that's good or bad, but you're really starting to take me off. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, snowy day in, uh, southeast Pennsylvania. Today is March the 11th. 12th. 12th. Oh, that's right. It is yep. the 12th. And, uh, we're recording this in to air on the nineteenth, that's which correct. is my birthday. So, I'll be a whopping sixty. Ooh, the big six o. Yeah, big six o. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to hope to go to bed by about <laughs> eight eight thirty. It'll yeah. be kind of like New Year's Eve. That's right? exactly right. But anyway, happy belated birthday Thank to you! you. And uh, had a great time good,
1: at the auto show. On yeah, my the Philly,
2: Philly auto show. You were working down there, and the crowds were fantastic. Yeah, we uh, we've got a great spot in there in the old uh, train depot station. I guess we're are we at right above the the Reading Terminal exactly. food area. And, uh, it's amazing. I mean, that place, that food terminal thing, I went in to try to get something to eat and there was lines everywhere except for two of the like 80 restaurants had no lines. And I thought that's a bad sign. Right. <laughs> if, if, if 78 of the 80 restaurants have a long line and two of them don't, something's really off kilter there. So, uh, <laughs> we don't know what it was, but we weren't going to question why or how or what. So anyway, um, shout out to Pat Travers band, uh, our, our music for our show. We talk about it every week because that's how we pay them. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's that's what they they get for the they're allowing us to use their music. We have to talk about them every time, which we're glad to do because they're a great man. And they'll be in Sellersville uh, tomorrow night. That's right, tomorrow yeah, night, tomorrow night. So um, make sure you check that out, Sellersville Theater in Sellersville, PA, which is only about an hour
1: from here, yeah, right? from Morgantown. Well, is Yeah, a little little over an hour and. Uh, You know, if you like guitar solos, this is—he's the man.
2: He is really, really the man. We had uh, another amazing week. Um, Got some new inventory in that's fantastic. We got a. Have you seen that 72 Land Rover? Uh, the, 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 Series 2 pickup that we got in, and it's got the Cummins diesel. Oh, is that the one with the
1: rope in the front? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. so
2: cool. Yeah. Like one of five built, five, nine liter Cummins turbo diesel, um, get rag five speed transmission. Right. How cool is that? And we also got a, this is funny because it, people are confused when I tell them about some of the pickup trucks that we get in, because we're a classic car dealer, but, right. We got a 2006 F250 Super Cab 4x4m, and he say, "Well, what's cool about that? They just seem to be really hot right now. Yep. Any from about 19? Well, all pickup trucks, but the 2000s and, and 2010s are really popular. And uh, this one's got 39,000 original miles, one owner, been kept in a garage its entire life. You know, it most trucks aren't babied. they're right. used, right? And so it's nice to see these that are, um, uh, uh, you know." Pristine condition, well maintained, garage cap, no salt, no rust, no nothing. So, what a fantastic truck!
1: Can I we, just mention we're on TikTok live? So, welcome uh, those oh, guests. Yeah. We have eight people watching yeah. right now. Well,
2: hello, you eight! Uh, welcome to <laughs> and, uh, and growing and growing. Classic automobile. How many how many hits did we have on the one video we posted on right. TikTok?
1: Almost ninety thousand at this point n- on the Gremlin video. So, that's
2: I mean, nice that's a, on a, and if you, we say Gremlin video, what does that mean? It's an AMC Gremlin. It's a type of car for you youngsters that don't know these things, but you'll know it when you see the video. That's right. And uh, TikTok's a new thing for us. We're just kind of figuring it out as we go. And uh, uh, I think that it's, it's an interesting format that allows us to reach a different market uh, of people who we want to encourage to be in the hobby. You know, mm-hmm. young people are... Are the future of our, are the future of everything, right. uh, obviously. That's really almost a no-brainer that I even had to say that, right? And, uh, and, and so we want to encourage them to get into classic cars. We have a spokesperson, uh, Alyssa Bainbridge, who, mm-hmm. who will talk about the features of the cars and things like that. And just to break it up so it's not just me the whole time. Exactly. You know, you know, I could get a little annoying, I imagine. You don't have to answer that. Right. So. No. I'm...
1: <laughs> so the, yes, the, I don't think this, uh, this, Two four two fifty is going to last very
2: long. No, I don't think it will either. So back to that. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, It's got a 5.3 liter V8 in it, and uh, it's one of those ones that I think will be gone in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. A 2021 Corvette we got in. A 2LT, 6.2 liter, LT2, Z51. The acronyms. My <laughs> goodness. A lot of
1: options. Yeah. So.
2: It's like I barely know C1, C2, C3, and I hate to admit that, but I, I, I get confused on that for some reason. Not so much on C1s and C2s. Right. Three's and beyond. Um,
1: Four, five, six is really it's really yeah, confusing. But uh, yeah. this one completes our really completes the set because the now we have yeah we yeah. have one through eight now. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. I was so. telling
1: people that at the a lot of Corvette guys obviously at the at the Philly Auto Show. A lot of
2: Corvette people in general. In general. I mean, and I was
1: telling them, look, we got
2: one of each. Yeah, we really do. We've got one of every generation. We've got. Amazing. I think we've got something like sixty Corvettes in inventory right now. So you know. I mean, you need to have 60 Corvettes, right? Because Somebody asked I
1: mean, me yesterday, what's the most of what's the most make and model you have
2: at classic Auto?" I think it's got to be Corvette. Corvettes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And if I didn't have to re-log in because I've lost my way to log into my computer, then I could tell you exactly. But mm-hmm. we'll pick that up later anyway. Um, this 2021 Corvette, 5,900 miles, mm-hmm. which obviously you shouldn't have a lot. It's only barely a year old, probably. Somebody changed their mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or they got their Z06 or whatever it was, right. you know. Exactly. Whatever the next thing was. Exactly. Did you see the Buick Skylark Beautiful. 68? Is yeah. that not an amazing car? <laughs> 398 out of 400 points, I think twice at the Buick Club of America. Right. Uh, it's the original paint 350 v8 tons of documentations and it's got the protecto plate mm-hmm. which we've talked about before the That's protecto right. plate is the warranty plate that had your name on it when you were the original owner mm-hmm. and uh, that was you take it to a dealer and I, although it's funny that you needed that back in the day because everybody bought a car in their own county uh-huh. so I mean it you it's Joe, old Joe you yeah. know Joe bought That's the car right. and everybody knew the dealer. everybody knew the dealer <laughs> and the dealer knew everybody and uh, not anymore you buy cars from all over the world I bought my Car from uh, a dealer up in Connecticut, right? And And I've said uh,
1: I've said many times I bought a I bought a Typhoon in Alaska,
2: in Alaska, yeah, crazy, yeah. So, um, but it's you know it's a different world that we live Mm -hmm. in now when we're buying cars. Even and it's not just classic cars; it's late model stuff. I mean, if you're if you're looking for a specific car with specific mileage with specific options, you may have to go a little further than your normal place, but. You know, if if they do like we do, we do a walk around on mm-hmm. each car, and we tell you everything. You know the car pretty well through and through when you buy a car from us. Right. We try our best to tell you everything about it. And so does the dealers that we've dealt with when we've bought cars from long distance or whatever for clients or for ourselves. And uh, it's important that uh, any dealer, um, you know… Tell as much as you can about the car, right. what you know, what you don't know. If you don't know the answer, the answer is I don't know. I, I don't know is an okay answer. That's I right. tell my guys all the time, the mm-hmm. car specialists, they're like, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm stupid. Well, can you know everything about 700 cars? I mean, I do, but, but I'm brilliant. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> impossible. It's I impossible. I mean, I remember when we had a dealership that we had 50 cars in. And I knew everything about every car, pretty much. I drove every car. Mm-hmm. I, I looked at every car. Probably we had to wash or wipe down every car because we <laughs> didn't have people. Right. And, uh, you know, so it was one of those things that uh, all of a sudden you get 700 and somebody will say, do you, do you have any red Thunderbirds? I don't know. Maybe we do. I
1: know. That's why it was at the auto show. I'm like, uh,
2: do you have any? Yes, yeah. And, well, I don't know. Let, me check, the let me check the list. Fortunately, uh, there's the internet. Thank God we got the interwebs. <clears throat> the right. other interesting car that we got in <clears throat> is a six 64 Rambler 770 Classic Coupe. Mm-hmm. Now, when was the last time you saw one of those? Never. Right. This one is impeccable. Mm. This thing is beautiful. Black, uh, one of 2900 built. It is just over the top done mm. for a Rambler 770. I mean, it's an oddball car, but. If you're looking for something unique and original and you don't want to be duplicated at a car show, then mm-hmm. it's a the perfect fit. And the guy who – our consigner who's selling it, I think, wanted the best of the best for whatever reason. He knew about one, had one back in the day, cute girl, hey, whatever. You know, all the motivators <laughs> right. that get, get us to buy cars, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so, of course, my motivators are different now than they were 25 years ago. And, of course, I think that they're not, but they are, and we'll go into that another right. time. But anyway, <laughs> um, so last week – I was up in uh, no actually it was this week. I was in upstate New York mm-hmm. and I paid $5.55 for a gallon of fuel. Oh, don't get me started. I just I, I just
1: filled up my Subaru $65 I got in the car to Ethan I go. That is unbelievable. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean,
2: and you know, I, I mean, I get it. It's probably been underpriced for many, many, many years. I get that. You know, in Europe they always used to say, well, it was $6 a gallon back in the 80s or right. whatever it was, but uh, man, f- but the interesting thing to me is or the the question that I have is is that why is it more expensive Expensive in New York than it is in Pennsylvania, as it is in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, you know that's kind of a dumb question. It's obvious there's different taxes, different things. But I mean, are there lit- literally reasons that it's more expensive is it's further from a refinery? Is right. it, I mean, that's
1: what they always said about New Jersey. Like, go to New Jersey, they yeah, pump cheaper. your gas, but it's cheaper. But it's still cheap because cheaper. supposedly it's closer to refineries. I don't know. All it, I know is that you know people are paying a lot of more money
2: well and you know it's one thing when you talk to your rich buddies who say i don't care what gas ten dollars a gallon i'm still driving my car mm, right. but how about the guy who's got a mm-hmm. you know an older v8 american car yeah. that's not the most fuel efficient that has to get to work that his gas price went from 20 dollars to fill up to eight dollars right. or whatever the number exactly. is i don't want to go off on a tangent here because we're not going to fix it we're not going to solve nothing here but you know by golly, we ought to figure that out. So, <laughs> and I don't know why they're different in other states. Um, don't forget, uh, our friends at the Cobra Experience—they're giving away that Shelby, the '67 Shelby Shelby Shelby, Shelby GT500. Um, you go to CobraExperience.org and type in the code CAM11, and you'll receive twenty-five more percent more tickets than you purchased. Um, cars sold this week. Man, it wasn't quite as long of a list as it was last week and that's only because we were last week was a two week list. Right. But we sold 26 cars this week. And where did we sell them to, you asked? Did you ask that? I did. Where did you sell them to? <laughs> How about Doylestown, Pennsylvania? Which, I love it. we we'll talk Georgia. Alexandria, Virginia. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Moodis. I don't even know if that's correct. Connecticut. Jamez Springs, New Mexico. Delran, New Jersey. Medford, New York. Kalispell, Montana. Sonora, California. Pennsville, New Jersey. Wickenburg, Arizona. Franklin, Ohio. Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Gilbert, Arizona. Staten Island, New York. Bowie, Bowie, Maryland. Madison, Ohio. Miami, Florida. Huntsville, Alabama. Brooklyn. Haven, Pennsylvania, Wilmington, Delaware, Las Vegas, Nevada, Riverside, California, Lakewood, Colorado, and Ole, Pennsylvania.
1: You know, being out of breath is a, a good problem to have <laughs> when, you're, when you're in the car business.
2: <laughs> when you're listing all the cars that you sold. All and over the country. All over the country. And, and some yeah. of those places are right here in our backyard, which happens quite often. And some of the places are pretty far away, New Mexico and, uh, oh, I see, yeah. Mm-hmm. And in uh, and, and Las Vegas, Nevada and Riverside, California. I got to go to Riverside back in the day go to the track in Riverside? Um, mm, no. Race? no, I did not. Oh, no,
1: man. I've never been to Riverside.
2: Whittington Brothers and nope. Danny Gaius, who just passed yep. away, and uh, all those guys in the 935s, mm. and Bob Aiken and Al Hobart, and yep. Uh, yep. and uh, all the guys that we used to grow up idolizing, and and that was such a great track. I got to... Living in California, I got to see some great... I got to go to Riverside. I got to go to Orange County International Raceway, the drag strip. Yep. I got to go to Pomona.
1: So, what about Sonoma?
2: I didn't go to Sonoma because it there. was further north. Yep. And uh, so where else did I go? I got to see some cool tracks. Mm-hmm. And and that got me kind of into drag racing a little bit back in the day, which I never liked because right. I just had seen it on TV. So anyway, when we return, our dear friend who we've tried to have on before to little or no avail, Mr. Dave Kinney, uh, publisher of the uh, Haggerty price guide and uh, all-around good car guy and we'll talk to him about all kinds of things cars here in just a minute
3: when it comes to car magazines are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you crankshaft is a 144 page soft cover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories the type of car features you won't find anywhere else
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the
2: AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live from Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania, on a snowy Saturday morning, March the 11th. Show number 27, Steve. March 12th. March twelfth.
1: Right. Oh, wait a minute! I keep. I, saying that I so only early. say that because it's my birthday. Oh, do
2: you have to just keep rubbing that in that it's your birthday? Want, I only
1: want to celebrate it once. <laughs> yeah,
2: I hear you because <laughs> you don't want two clicks of the odometer to uh, happen right. or whatever. Uh, like to say, right. and today we have our our special friend who we've known for many 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 years, Mr. Dave Kinney, Kinney from Haggerty Price Guide, oh. uh, formerly, well, I guess still USA Appraisal. Are you still in the appraisal business as well?
0: Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, I've been doing the Price Guide since two thousand and five, but. Uh, uh, that kind of grew out of my uh, my work as an appraiser.
2: Sure, so. and that's where we. I think we met when you were doing uh, some uh, auction reporting back in the day. Did we meet? Yes. In, uh, did we meet in? I can't remember. I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning either. But did we meet Br- in Auburn or Branson?
0: Branson, Missouri.
2: Branson, Missouri. I tell you what, that place is just growing like wildfire. And, you know, people like going to Branson. It's a funny place. It's uh, one of those places that when you describe it to people, they you, they kind of turn their head a little bit. But then, once you take them there, they fall in love with it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean it's great. It's real Americana. You can have as much Americana as you want there, all the way to a hundred percent, and maybe a hundred and twenty percent. But uh, I mean, it's 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 fun. It's uh, you know not real expensive unless you need it to be or want it to be. It's a sure. uh, it's a, what do they call it? A wheeled vacation. A wheeled. Or, yeah. Drive there, drive there, then fly there. So,
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, the old uh, saying for Vegas is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. The, the saying they wanted to do for Branson, what happens in Branson, you can tell the whole world, <laughs> which I think <laughs> is a fantastic way, way to do it. So, so 2001, 2002, we met. You're doing auction analysis to, uh, uh for different publications. I guess you know sports car market and uh, automobile and who Else did you do those
0: for? Uh, back then it was Auto Week, uh, Automobile, and uh, Sports Car Market. Now I'm writing for uh, Magneto and Octane and the Haggerty Insider.
2: And Octane is the new Audrain magazine, is that right? Or is no?
0: That- uh, also, also doing uh, some pieces for them. That's uh, that's Linkage. Linkage Octane is a print. Octane and, I know, it gets really complicated. (laughs) Uh, Octane and uh, Magneto are both British magazines.
2: I got you. I got you. So I don't read those because, and and I I say that, I don't say that, turn my nose down and I don't read them. Because if you look behind my desk, I have a stack of magazines yet to be read that I can't add anything else to it. And what's that thick one from Europe that is like 18 inches thick and it's 600 pages or whatever? I can't remember the name of that magazine that I get. And it just goes in that stack. You know, it's kind of like the Wall Street Journal. You need,
0: you need to go to vacation, lock yourself in a hotel room, and uh, you know, and just stay there and read. That's I, did. Uh, that I
2: did. know, I know. I did that. Uh, with Kathy and I went on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and I read two books: Eruption, the Van Halen about Eddie Van Halen, and Altamont about the Rolling Stones when they did that horrible concert in Altamont, California, and the hills. Well,
0: there's a lot of stuff that's come out about Altamont, haven't there? Wow.
2: Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I tell you what, it's yeah. pretty scary stuff. And to know what, you know, they thought there were going to be another woods. How are we talking about this? Why aren't we in the car business? Yeah,
0: well, you know, <laughs> uh, cars, and, cars and rock and roll are definitely, uh, they, they, are, they work together. Absolutely.
2: Right? So, Absolutely. You yeah. know, I, I saw the funniest thing on auto and car and driver, which I don't read anymore. I don't, I used to love car and driver and road and track magazine. Those used to be my go-to magazines and I haven't read either one in, I can't remember the last time I bought one or read one. I, I don't know. I just—I guess you get so much information off the internet. What's the need, right? You know, you think, oh, I don't need. It. But then there are certain magazines, like some of the higher end publications that you write for, that are still fun to read, right? Right.
0: Yeah. No, there's oh, there's good stuff out there. I mean, I, I recommend that anybody pick up a stack of car magazines, no matter what age they are, including the person or the magazines, because you can learn so much. Right. I mean. How did we learn about that cobra behind you? It wasn't uh, because of a buddy of ours mm-hmm. who had one of them, as we read about it in the magazine. Or
2: so. the, or the, is that a Bentley behind you, I believe, uh, over that uh, yeah. right shoulder? Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, no, there is you that go. the train?
0: The, what, what are they? Yeah, called that? that's the blue train. But yeah. it turns out that wasn't the blue train. Really? So it's hilarious yeah it's a very very long story so you can look up Blue train Bentley but you know wait until we're done talking.
2: yeah <laughs> okay because I'm bad enough trying to multitask as it is here to begin with my buddy's got a replica blue train that he bought from a friend of ours uh that's a really interesting car and uh, yeah. No yeah it's a great sport yeah no harm no foul on a uh, uh on a replica B- Bentley Blue train because find a real one right? There's one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, what I was saying earlier, until I digressed myself, is that there was a great article in Car and Driver, and it, the title of it was, A used S-Class Mercedes might be a $900 car when you buy it, but it's still a $100,000 car when you repair it. Mm-hmm. That's classic. Yeah. That is so classic. <laughs> you must get it as much as I do. Guys will see a an inexpensive, late-model British car, Porsche, BMW, Mercedes, I'm not picking on any mark. And they'll say, well, that car only sold for $5,000. Why didn't I buy that? Or why didn't you buy it? And the answer
0: is? Uh, Maintenance and repairs. uh, It it can just kill you on some of those cars. If you can do it yourself and if you can buy uh, used or aftermarket parts, you're going to be fine. But if you don't have those skills it could be a very very expensive car though
2: absolutely so um the the uh, hagerty price guide grew out of your uh, auction analysis and and doing cars and all that and that started what year did you say that was i'm sorry i wasn't
0: uh it started in 2005 or first published in 2006 back then it was called cars that matter right uh it's a project that i did by myself with uh um an editor that is now working at hagerty so oh, wow. it's all it all goes around and comes around. Doesn't right?
2: everybody work for Haggerty now? <laughs>
0: but pretty much. I mean, that was kind of the joke at Amelia <laughs> Island. Do you work? At, you know, we were both at Amelia Island here recently. And it was like, are you working for Haggerty or are you just waiting for the, you know, the call? Basically? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to say I was there when it was a 450 person company. Yeah, so when uh, they were small, right? <laughs> yeah. Tiny, you know, tiny. Well, I don't know what it is now, but it's a lot more than that. Oh, yeah, I mean,
2: I, we were all. Pleasantly surprised at the valuation of Hagar. We've talked about it on our show a couple of times in the past few weeks. That you know, had we gone back and and, and and go back in time before they went public, I think you know you may have guessed a million five, a billion five, or maybe that would have been a pretty big number. You would have thought that was worth And three point two billion valuation. I think it knocked me off my chair literally. Well, the stock market has spoken.
0: Huh? Yeah. Um, it, you know there's a there's a lot of stuff going on and of course it's a pretty vibrant time in almost every market or it has been until uh, this week or yeah. last weeks and in all those stock markets and yeah. everything but yeah it's a little different
2: well and and the thing that's great that that I was most impressed by is that I always I've known about Haggerty for years but I didn't realize how big of a company that they were even before they went public they were a big company uh, doing yeah. a lot of business and so it's encouraging to see and the fact that they're buying up some of these uh, Events that were could have become rudderless uh we don't know where they would have gone so you know now they've got amelia and greenwich and then starting a new out here and in-
0: well it's actually uh it's the revamp of the uh, saint john's concourse. it's going to be detroit it's going to be downtown at the uh, art museum really looking forward to going there uh, later this summer and i'll be judging there um so uh yeah it's it's uh yeah, you're right. Rudderless list is a good way to put it. and uh, Not for all of them, obviously. And, you know, I mean, it, you know, when you're a one person show and you're getting up there in age, it might be better to, you know, to think about, you know, forming a committee, selling, whatever. And I think, uh, you know, Haggerty's goal is to, you know, to keep driving a, a viable thing and, and in, into the future. And, I'm all, all on board for that. Me so. too. I mean, I know
2: you're heavily involved with McPherson College, which is a, a wonderful, uh, college that teaches, uh, kids and, and well, and adults to restoration and all aspects of that. I mean,
0: what a yeah, great you- thing. Interesting that you said and adults, too, because everybody figured, you know, it is a four-year program. So most of the people do kind of skew that 17, 19, you know, year old age when they get in. But a lot of them come in at 26 after, you know, trying to figure out, you know, a career. And then we've got some people, uh, you know, just graduated. One guy, I think he's probably 51 years old. Um, You know, he had another career and decided what he really wanted to do was fix old cars. And, hey, more power to him. We need more people to do that.
2: Well, and, and we talk often about the fact that, uh, the demise of, uh, shop class and auto class in, in schools and, and, you know, there was nothing wrong with learning about working with your hand. Listen, most of my clients are blue collar guys who maybe they created a business from it or they did something, you know, a little bit more than, than just being a, a worker bee. They actually created a company, but that's most of our clients.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, you know, and that's, that's the way it should be. I mean, I'm kind of tired of the billionaires and the billionaires, <laughs> billionaires all the time. I'm not that guy. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's why I support uh, McPherson so much. And, and, you know, I'm on their advisory board. I gave him a car uh, two years ago to fix up and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's just fun to fun to see. And it's fun. To, look, I was a square peg in a round hole when I got out of high school and uh, decided to go to college. I'm glad I went to a very small college in the midwest and and so this one really speaks to me
2: yeah so. I, I, it does to a lot of people and 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 that's part of haggerty's goal is to to keep kids and the younger generation interested in this hobby and we see it at our place uh, often and the best are the ones where the the kids walk in and they put their hands behind their back as they walk in not because they've thinking they're going to get arrested but they know how to behave around cars and we had talked to haggerty about some kind of program a button or something that you could give kids if they're behaving properly around cars that they could take to any museum or car event or car show or car club and proudly wear their badge of honor it says you know i know how to be i know how to act around classic cars (laughs) so uh we'll see how that works out and if we can make that happen we will um, good. So, um, so the price guide is mostly post-war, right? Is that correct? You don't.
0: Yeah, um, we we do have. Uh, I should uh, you know the the price guide is published. It's now published twice a year, but we update four times a year. Right. So we uh, we update the uh, the published price guide twice a year now, but on online. Uh, which you can get to go into Haggerty.com slash valuation tools, uh, that's free. If you register your uh, email address, then you could get all four values, so one, two, three, and four, and a bunch of other things. So, um, um, yeah, but we have added uh, uh, pre war cars, and we're adding the most popular ones and kind of going from there, not popular in terms of just Model A's and Model T's, but also some of the ones that people keep looking at, Duesenberg's and Packard's. And the V12 Cadillacs and things like that. And that's that was our pandemic project, actually, because <laughs> we never had time for it because we're always going to events. And right. for a year and a half, events stopped. So we, we found we had time for it. So it was great. And we're still adding stuff all the time. We're kind of building backwards and forwards now mm-hmm. because we stopped at about... 2006, and now we're going all the way up to 2019, basically. So there's some gaps, but we're we're filling it.
2: Well, the pre-war cars have got to be tough because there's so many variations of a single car. I mean, how many body makers were there for a you know Phantom Rolls Royce or a or a or a Bentley? They're all different body makers. So
0: golly, that's tricky. And the embarrassing part (laughs) is that even the manufacturers would catalog a body, so they'd have a you know a sedan, a Brome sedan, deluxe. And then nobody ever ordered one. (laughs) So there are no bromes today in the So you go looking for three years, you're looking for one that sells, you know, you're looking for one in Haggerty's database, which is the largest database of uh, classic cars. Sure. And, um, you know, and then you just figure out that, yeah, they cataloged it, but nobody bought that particular <laughs> car. It's hilarious.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, that happened actually with the Pontiac, uh, Grand Am back in the day. They had in their, their marketing brochures that it was available with the SD 455 engine and they never, for whatever reason, they decided not to do it, but the brochure was already printed, so they t- they they were stuck with people thinking, oh, we'll have to do it. So when we return, we will talk more things uh, automotive with Mr. Kenny and also about some Concours judging and some other things that may pop up in between now and then. We'll catch you in a few minutes. If you have lost a
0: loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at Firearm Service at Outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential.
1: If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at AmericasWebRadio.com, or on demand on your favorite podcast app.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
2: Still a snowy day here at Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, PA, with our special guest, Mr. Dave Kinney from Haggerty Price Guide, the publisher of Haggerty Price Guide. And uh, that looks good on a business card. You know, I've had a few business cards over the years.
0: (laughs) 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 Wow, that got the maniacal... (laughs) I, I've got a collection of them, I, you know. I, you know, it's like it's like the flip out thing on the wallet, you know, the guy with the sixty credit cards. Uh, you know, that's no, it,
2: good. It took me a while to figure out what I was going to be and where I was going to go in life, and you know, it. And, and we, I think we finally found it after many, many moons of of trying to figure it out, and and it ended up being in Pennsylvania. Which go figure but, that, you know.
0: Great place and a great place yeah. to, uh, to hang out and sell cars and talk cars.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, this part of the world is more car culture than I ever imagined. I was oh, yeah.
0: really And no, Pens- Pennsylvania, I live in Virginia and Pennsylvania is like the epicenter of all the, uh, you know, all the events. Hershey, Carlisle, you know, from there on down. Yeah. Uh, to- amazing amount of car events absolutely uh back to the
2: price guide the hagerty price guide that you publish uh how do you get the physical copy of that do you subscribe do people subscribe to it how does that happen
0: yeah yeah you can subscribe uh yeah you can call uh um our office uh, to do it at 703-759-9100 or you can do it online it's uh geez i don't even know how much it is per year i'd have to look in the back of the book to tell you the no. truth uh <laughs> Yeah, let me do that. I think it's forty bucks uh, for three issues, which is a year and a half, but uh, something like that. So yeah, but most people, uh, by far and away, most people access it online at Agni.com. Well,
2: yeah, we're finding the same thing with with what we do. I mean, online is obviously king, and that you know sounds a little late to the dance, but I mean, it's it's true. It's even more so nowadays. But however, you know, if you're out at a at an event or a car show or an auction or somewhere to buy a car, and you have limited internet connection, it sure is nice to have that backup of that book. That I hate to say
0: it, but I'm so old school that I can look up five cars in the book faster than I can look at look up two cars online. Absolutely. but, uh, you know, I mean, it, the hilarious part about printing a price guide is who would have believed that a book this size is now like a specialty item? Uh used to be, remember, you go into the drugstore, there'd be dime novels, yeah, you know, and all that yeah. stuff. You know, you buy books that, you know, maybe you read on an airplane or something like that and uh, whatever. Um, we're having trouble getting paper. Uh, we're having trouble finding a publisher. Right. I refuse to offshore it. I'm not going to make it, you know, I'm not going to make it in China, so we sure. have to make it states or at least north america i'm fine with making it in canada if we had to or sure. whatever but uh, you know here we are it's a different world it and really that's is we are, so
2: well i i know it's a different world now because yesterday i actually went to the grocery store with kathy and bacon was ten dollars a pound <laughs> Wow! No, it's like wow. Really, do we need bacon? I mean, now I'm starting to get thrifty.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. <laughs> yeah. Do we need bacon? Should never be a question. That should never be a question. I know. Sorry. So that's off the off the <laughs> off the plate. If
2: it were. <laughs> the the proverbial plate. So the book is thick as a brick. Um, and wow, I mean, it's an amazing book. I was just looking at mine yesterday, and uh, just impressive to compile all that much info- all that information and uh, have it all in yeah. one place. And I'm I'm like you. There are some things that I can do quicker by looking up. I still have the, the codes for the 50 through 59, 60 through 69, 70 through 79 books, the cars and parts books. I still have the ca- standard catalogs in my office that I refer to. Uh, right behind me. Yeah, there you go. I mean, exactly. and And I still use those because you can't find everything everywhere. You know, listen, there's descriptions of cars and history of cars is not too hard to find because there's a lot of great writers that work for a lot of auction companies that you can – Take a little here and a little there, and you get what you need for it from a historical standpoint. But uh, man, there's stuff that is not on the internet, and I know people have a hard time believing that. But
0: uh.
1: (laughs)
2: what
0: do you? I think you were leading into a question about where we get our values, and I I just want to make that. uh, You know, it's a question I get all all the time. Um, You know, what percentage of cars would you say sell? Classic cars would you say sell at auction? I mean, just give me a number.
2: I would guess somewhere around. 50%, 50%, I would think. 50 to 55%. That's way it's off. M-
0: much less than 10%. Wow. Much less. Yeah, so everybody thinks, you know, oh, you just go to auctions and get the values there. That is not what we do. I talk to people like you. I talk to dealers around the country. Uh, you know, what'd you get for that car? I mean, you know, I had, you know, I saw that you had that Stutz Blackhawk there, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're updating our Stutz prices. What, you know, how, you tell me about the car. Was it really nice? Was it really bad? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. And you know, because I'm talking to dealers, I have to do a little filtering. No right. offense. <laughs> so I used to be one myself. Oh, it's the best in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know. Depending on the dealer, you know, whatever. Sure, and then, sure. But, uh, you know, and that's part of it. And the other thing is that we do have, like I said, we have the largest database. And people tell us what they paid for their car coming in. And we ask them uh, when they leave, we ask a, a good sample of them to let us know what we paid for it. And these, those aren't always accurate as well. But what, you know, what my job is, is to, you know, to put that filter in and to figure out just exactly to try and get as close as possible. I like to say it's a guide. It's not the gospel. Sure, uh, You know, if you pay 50% more than my number one price in the price guide, you know, as we say down at the Presbyterian Church, mazel talk. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy with you. I and mean, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And now, as you know, let's say you have a, you know, a, a early 90s, I mean, you know, late 90s, early 90s BMW, and it's in some wild factory color. You know, that can skew the price 25, 35, 50, sometimes 100% on stuff sure. like that. Like the muscle cars from the 70s, same right. thing. Oh, sure. It can really skew the price. So it's, you know, it's impossible to put in there. Oh yeah, you know, the, uh, the, 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 the bright orange car is this. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just spaced out a man- mango, right? <laughs> <laughs> One of the orange colors. It's early. I, I always, I, I know, I always, I always get them at the end of the day. I can think of all those colors, but, uh, I remember the the official name of the color, and then what we used to call. Right, because right? we didn't
2: know what the official name was back in the <laughs> right. day. So. We but, just
0: made stuff up.
2: Well, and we were good at that, and especially if we were car dealers, we love to make stuff up. But uh, you know, <laughs> I digress. My buddy, uh, our buddy, uh, Mister Plaster, always says, "I didn't pay too much. I just bought it too early."
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's not bad. I and I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch of things that hold true. Uh, one of them. Uh, Our our friend Dean Cruz used to say, "When the uh, top goes down, the price goes up." So uh.
2: Dean Cruz, we were talking about him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Man, that's just
0: an interest. That could
2: be a movie or a book, certainly. Oh,
0: it could be a it could be a mini series and possibly an entire series.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Well, you know, talking about pricing and prices and all that stuff, it it seems to me lately, are the auctions kind of getting away from the presale estimates? I've noticed that some of them don't seem to be putting presale estimates on their Cars as maybe as much as they used to.
0: You know, we're going to have to do a separate podcast about <laughs> that. But, um, the, uh, the the interesting thing is that some of the uh, you'll read the, the catalogs and we will say you know the estimate will be thirty five to forty five thousand dollars on like a Mercedes two fifty SL. And then they'll put that car at the end of the sale. And we all know that all us cheapsters, myself included, will hang around to the last car in the sale. Because they could have just put in there no reserve. But it's better when they put in this unreasonably low price. Right. And then it sells for $68,000 anyway. You leave the sale and you go, oh, I was suckered into that. What? Uh, but So keep in mind that those those prices can sometimes be a guide and sometimes be... Like a cautionary tale. Sure. Uh, it depends on the auction company. Now, I find that Gooding puts a really, uh, you know, often puts a really accurate but high price right. on cars and. Uh, um, you know, it just depends on the auction house. I think Bonhams does a great job with kind of the sense of humor with the, absolutely. you know, the twenty five thousand dollars, you know, two hundred and fifty SL. That's maybe not a perfect car, but you know, you could part it out for more than that. Well, absolutely,
2: absolutely. Well, you know what's interesting? People say to us, we we hear from time to time, "Oh, your prices are too high," or this or that, or we hear about other dealers and friends of ours in the business. But I argue that if you knew at a reserve auction what the reserve of every car was that went across the auction block, you never go to an auction because you'd say well those are all overpriced you know what somebody hopes for and what they actually the reality kicks in at some juncture during that process is what they go well i would have liked to have gotten 60 but you know i'd take 50 today you know maybe i'm sure. being a little unrealistic
0: well uh, you know you, you know i mean you don't know if that owner if fifty thousand dollars to him is like 50 bucks to you either right. so exactly I, I mean, it could be that fifty thousand dollars is needed for something that's really important, so he's going to hang close to it. But it could also be the guy who you know, had the wheel bearing and the trailer you know blow out, and you <laughs> right. know he's damn thing, and he just wants to let it go. Make so it go. you don't know. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the, uh, the naming of the collections? The Jethro Tull collection, uh, for, I, that's two Jethro Tull references I made. In case anybody's listening, I said thick as a brick and now Jethro Tull, uh, obviously.
0: Yeah, I, I believe they renamed it the Aqualung.
2: Uh, uh. <laughs> I wanted to do the Aqualung Theater in Branson, Missouri and have Jethro Tull there. And I thought that was the new direction that Branson should go from country music, but I digress again. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on, I think it really started with Meekum, the Joe Smith yeah. collection. He-
0: yeah, Necham's done a good job with that. And it's really kind of funny because a lot of the times... You know, you know, you 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 go to the Meekum's website. It's like, okay, who's Joe Smith? <laughs> yeah, I don't um, know him. Um, I mean, you know, <laughs> real important in Kenosha, Wisconsin, because he has you know fifteen cars. Right. But you know, they, they don't know him in Nina, Wisconsin, too well <laughs> because it's not like that sort of thing. So, uh, but you know, I think it started with some of the really big collectors, and RM did them back in the day. Right? Uh, people who had this great, you know, kind of curated collection with you know fantastic cars or something like that. But it's kind of fun. And I think uh, you know those collection auctions. Usually, when they when you know somebody like an RM Sotheby's or Gooding or whatever does one guy's collection of you know 112 cars on site, right. That always does very very well. Sure, so sure. Uh, you know, and and that's not a bad way to, to sell an estate anymore. You know, it used to be back in the day, auctions were the were the final place you. And you just buy the dredge. The death knell, yeah. You know, and, and in England, you'll still see people say, well, you know, the car went to auction, you know, so like, <laughs> like it's some horrible thing. And now, you know, yeah, they're selling 10 million and 50 million dollar cars right. at auction. Well, and what's interesting
2: about it is, is I remember in the days when RM would do the catalogs of the whole thing. I mean, the guy was a rock star, whoever it was that was doing the catalogs, number one. And number two, the, the, the seller, the consigner was a rock star too. And I think Meekum took that and did it on a, on a smaller scale. But you know, you think about it. I'm, I'm Bill Smith and I have my own logo now. Like they create almost a logo for each one of those. And I noticed that, 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 we used to not see that the, the guys were very close to their vest on who the cars belonged to for many years uh, if you did the whole collection that was one thing but if a guy brought five cars to Amelia you didn't say the Bill Jones collection it was just cars there they didn't really want to get into that uh, information I guess and put it out there and uh, it's interesting now that uh you know I guess some of it's ego I, I don't know I mean uh, yeah, I, ego and old cars <laughs> well yeah Snore. what am I thinking what are you talking about <laughs> No. Sometimes. sometimes I I think I've been drinking at eight o'clock or nine (laughs) o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. But, uh, anyway,
0: no, Um, no part part of it is, but it's all about marketing. Just, just like everything else is about marketing. I love people like, you know, well, I'm tired of marketing. You know, as they get in their Ford F one hundred and fifty a little bit, uh, you know, and drive to the Safeway, you know, Fresh Market, and get a Coca Cola, right, and fill up with only Shell gasoline. But they're tired of you know, it's just it's just the way the yeah. way of the
2: world. And you know, you you, you mentioned Meekum uh, a minute ago. We have uh, Dave Majors, the CEO. Meekum is going to be on our podcast next Saturday and or Great. next week, and uh, looking forward to that. When we return, we will talk more things uh, automotive with Mister Kenny, and we'll catch you in a few minutes.
3: Hey, folks,
1: this is Victor with the On Point with Victor Show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor Show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor Show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app.
3: If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com.
0: And
2: we are back with the Classic Auto Mom podcast. Dave, thank you for sticking around with us. We appreciate
0: it. Not a problem at all. Uh, You know we we've we've had uh, you know we have to force our way through this to the end because we have a history of not being able to get this done. (laughs) I
2: I really feel bad about that, but uh, it is what it is. But we're going to get through this, and we're going to make this happen. The one thing we didn't discuss about is your maybe sickness with Avanti's. You love them Hey, listen, up. I
0: got to run. Thanks uh, very much. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, it's really funny because uh, you know, when I was a kid, um, uh, we were we were in uh, you know, my parents and I were on vacation, my sister was there, my brother, and it started raining and it rained for a week. So what do you do when you're you know, when you're a 9-year-old? You build well, back in the day, you build models. And so uh, um, my parents got you know, we we went to the hobby store and bought me a model. And it was a uh, 63 Studebaker Avani. Wow. And, uh, I guess I was probably 11, actually, come to think of it. But anyhow, uh, you know, long story short, I thought this thing looks like a spaceship. And It was just really cool. It and was. so that's one of the models that I built that really kind of affected me. And, uh, uh, all of a sudden, you know, flash forward another five, six years later, I had enough money to buy one. I traded a, you know, a car to get one. And uh, so I had my first Avani, and that was not the last one. No. And, uh, you know, whatever. I, I was on a mission, Stuart, to save them all, you know. And it's <laughs> like, I, I, you know, that you know they have the commercials with the music, and it's like, you know, Lannis Morissette singing some sad song, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, that was me. That was and, you. Yeah, so I've uh, I've I've made some very good ones out of some real mediocre ones, and I've got a few more in the pipeline, but that's it. I've done my I've done my job. I've made people realize what a cool car it is. Sure, I understand it's one of the most off-putting cars to some people, and some people love it. There's, yeah. It's like 50% love it, 50% hate it. Sure. Well, actually, more like, it's more like 30-30, and then the other 30-35% <laughs> you know, are kind of ambivalent. So, you know, whatever. It's, it's okay. I mean... Um, I'm justifying myself. Right
2: yes, now. you are. You're doing a good job of Well, <laughs> Next you know, question. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about, no, um, you know, it's funny because it's, it's fun to have a, a niche in this hobby. You know, it's easy to like everything and, and I do like everything. I mean, I'm one of those guys that I can find a, something redeeming in just about every car. And if I don't, my content editor who writes for us, will talk about a, let's say a 78 Corvette. I walk past the seventy eight Corvette, I don't even look at it twice. But the way my writer writes about it, it makes me pause and say, wait a minute, you know what? That's not a bad looking car if you get past all the other blah, 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 blah. And sure. I think that, that happens a lot.
0: You know, I think that I think that we get so you know, we get so stuck in ourselves in the car world and it's like, well, I would never look at a Corvair. You know, whatever. Corvairs are cool cars. Very I mean, cool. You know, yeah, they're you know they've got this and they've got that and everything else. And the early ones are nothing like the older ones. Right. So you know, a '69 Corvair, which is like the last final year, some of them. I mean, they're just beautiful little little. Uh, you know, well, of course, they're not little anymore. They were tiny for their time, but right. now. You know, almost everything is, is that kind of size cars now. You sure. know, SUV, obviously eight times the size. Oh. But, uh, you know, there's, there's cool things about every single car. I don't care what it is. Right. Uh, um, you know, there's, there's stuff you can talk about and stuff you can have friends with. You know, here's what happens to Think about this. When we get older, guys especially, we have trouble making friends. Right. Uh, you know, my wife can my wife can go to the grocery store and you know they walk over. To the, you know, she meets somebody. They walk up to the coffee shop. They're friends forever. Yeah. I mean, you know, now she knows about her cousin who's pregnant and this and that and everything else. Guys don't do that. No. And so if we golf or we surf or we do something else, we need a hobby to meet other people. Right. And it's not just about the cars; it's about the people. And you and I have met some of the wildest, cool. craziest insane and fun exciting and dynamic individuals because of cars absolutely and,
2: and it could I be a yeah it could be a janitor and it could be a ceo of a company it could be everywhere in between as we always like to say and the funny thing about cars think about an opal gt you know i didn't give that two thoughts but they're really cool looking little baby corvettes if you will and yeah and, and there's all kinds of cars like that and there's all kinds of interesting people and i enjoy I, it's funny when I look through a listing of winners at a Concorde Elegance, uh, I don't look at the cars as much as I look at the names of the people who own the cars. Like, that's the first place my eyes go as to whose car was it? Oh, that was old Joe's car, or that was Steve's car, or that was Bill's car. I tend to look at that, then I go back and look at, oh, there's the actual car. So,
0: you know, you know, I went on the first, uh, uh the first, uh, uh, cannon, no, I'm sorry, the first, uh, uh the memorial run they had for the uh uh oh jeez the, the Burt Reynolds movie. Oh, yeah. on that? Bandit smoke uh, in the bandit. Smoke in the Bandit, thank you. From Texar to, to to Atlanta. And I went on the very first one. And you know what? We weren't meeting the guys who owned an AutoZone or who owned AutoZone company. We were meeting the guys who work behind the counter. Right. And what a great time we had doing that! I mean, it was just so much fun. I had a, a Trans Am that I bought in Branson, a right. no Matter. And uh, you know, it was a black one with a bird on the hood and all that sort of stuff. And we just had a blast. Right. I mean, it was twenty-four hours of fun times seven. Uh, and, you know, we didn't have to put up with any CEO and all his, you know, crazy, you know, well, I've got to jet off to, uh, you know, to Mallorca this right <laughs> afternoon and all that. We're just hanging out with regular folks. And it was a real reminder to me, you know, 15 years ago that this is where the car is. It should be. It should stay. Sure, that you know, guys play at the million dollar uh, sure. uh, game. But I like, you know, who have four thousand dollar and six thousand dollar collector cars just as much, and sometimes a lot more because they have the
2: passion. They have the passion, and it's it's a stretch for them to to own that car. You know, the millionaire can own all the cars they want; it doesn't really matter. But the guy who buys a five thousand dollar car, it's a real commitment. It's a real financial, almost not a burden, but it puts them in a position that they could, you know, that's not all the money they've got in the world to have a little bit of fun with. And the other guy, I get, uh, you know, a guy who's refinishing his that cost more than the guy's car does i mean you know that's part of the the, the but you know there's two sides to the hobby and there's or more than two sides i would I should digress on that as well uh, there are lots of sides to this hobby and there's lots of different personalities and people and i like people if you're just good people you know if you're if you're interesting to talk to and fun to talk to it doesn't matter what your economic status is i don't care about that i what i care no. about is having fun you know?
0: And we shouldn't. I mean, you know, it, that's, that, there's the backbone of the hobby. Now, one thing you said I want to kind of drill down on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think we should take every car show that, that's out there and we should throw away the do not touch sign. Right. I think we should have, seriously, I had a kid. I have a 2003 Corvette and it's uh, uh, it was the pace car at Indiana I'm sorry at uh, uh, at Le Mans right so it was a European version of a car came back I bought it from Jeff Motors when they went in bankruptcy you know whatever it's a very very special car and I went to a Cars and Coffee and a kid came up maybe four years old and he put his hands on the front of the car and mom freaked out right she just freaked out she's I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I said hey that's fine I know how to wash and wax a car sure. and you know This thing, whatever. And I said, you want to to, uh, sit in the driver's seat? And the kid was all excited. And, you know, first thing he did was he stepped his foot right on the leather seat. And, (laughs) you know, mom freaks out again. And she's pushing a baby stroller. She's got, like, a two-year-old, too, or a one-and-a-half-year-old. And, And, like, I'm so sorry, you know, whatever. I said, you know, my butt is going to do much more damage to those leather seats (laughs) than the kid's little feet ever will. It's so true. That's the history lesson. We got it. We got kids involved in the hobby too. I understand that when you have a Duesenberg you don't want people running up to it and, you know, throwing their hands on it and all that. And you gotta set the ground rules and all that. But you know, the I know that at the uh at the Concours a lot of times those Haggerty youth judges I mean the uh, you know the uh, the owners are more impressed with them than any other group of people because they come and they ask questions.
2: Absolutely, and, and judging concours, I mean that's an interesting whole dynamic in itself. But but what I've found or what I've seen, and we were talking about this last week, I think. Oh, with Tim McNair, your buddy, who was on our show uh, a couple of weeks ago, about the fact that the guy who has the good story about his car, the guy who's got, the, oh yeah. and you know who's best at it, our buddy from Lebanon, Missouri, he will t- he will regale you for fifteen minutes about uh, you know this particular car and that's why his cars do tend to do better because let's face it all 10 of those Duesenbergs are probably equal in quality and restoration and the whole 9 yards bit so it becomes which one am I going to pick
0: you know Well, the funny thing is that, you know, how, how after time, even a bad story becomes a great story. (laughs) Uh, The story about the first owner getting drunk and crashing the thing into a wall and, you know, kind of blacking out and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And it happens with old cars, you know, whatever. That's more fun than the guy who bought it, you know, Reginald J. Gottrocks, who bought it and kept it in his garage and never used it. Reginald J.
2: Gotrocks. I got to write that one down too. That's a good one. It's better
0: better than another, uh, Ian Anderson slash Jeff (laughs)
2: Rose.
0: Exactly. So uh two
2: hard uh, core questions. Have you seen Leno's collection in person? Have you gotten to see that? How cool is that? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it's, uh, it's a number of hangers in, uh, in an airport yeah. in Burbank. Yeah. It's pretty and, and the next show that we have and
2: I got to have you on again because I want to talk about the phenomenon that is B-A-T, bring a trailer my goodness what they have done is pretty amazing but it's it's a it's rarefied error in a lot of instances with regards to that and it's something I want to touch on again as we go forward um uh, Dave we really appreciate you being on the show for, <laughs> for all the trials and tribulations of making this happen uh, you know well we broke we've broken the curse <laughs> <laughs> we, we have and I want to have you on again and talk some other things I want to give a shout out to our buddy uh Mark Hyman that 48 Daimler that he had at Boca was I even picked as being the best in show. I mean, and I never do that. What a great car that was. Wasn't that fantastic?
0: Yeah, it's so big it has its own zip code, so.
2: Yes, it does. So uh, next week's show, Dave Majors from uh, the CEO of Meekum Auctions. And uh, thanks again, Dave. And we'll see you at the next Concord Elegance, I'm sure.
0: Okay. Take care. Or auction.
2: Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. So uh, we got one more thing to finish up today. we got our four on the floor that we didn't do this week because I got, you know, Jibber jabbering about gibber jabber. Uh so last week's uh did we get a winner? We did not. What was last week's winning car? I don't remember. Stock thirty six eighty two. I'll have to look that up. I don't remember what that was. So. I don't either. Goodness, we were right on top of things, aren't we here? Uh like a well oiled <laughs> machine. Thirty six eighty two. How about, oh, it was the 60 Plymouth Fury Convertible. That's right. And nobody got that right, so nice. bummer. So this week's Four on the Floor, <clears throat> we give you four clues, and you have to pick a specific year, make, and model, stock number, year, make, and model of the car that's in our inventory, and uh, send us an email at podcast at classicautomall.com. Uh, and the four clues are, advertise with one less cubic inch than actual. <laughs> Interesting. A D... The letter D is often incorrectly added to its submodel name. Huh. <laughs> Offered four-door hardtop, convertible, or like this, a coupe or coupe. Right. Uh, gained two headlights in 1961. So those are the four clues for the four on the floor. If you know the answer, podcast at Classic Automobile. We need the stock number, year, make, and model. I'll run through them real quickly. Clue number one, advertise with one less cubic inch than actual. Clue number two, a D is often incorrectly added to its submodel name. Number three offered four door hardtop convertible or like this a coupe, and number four gained two headlights in 1961. Shout out to us if you know the answer. If you have any other questions about the show or anything, podcast at Classic Auto Mall. You can find us on social media, uh, Classic Auto at Classic Auto Mall for Mm -hmm. Instagram and TikTok and Facebook Facebook. and YouTube and YouTube. So all of those, and we're getting some content on YouTube and getting some subscribers, and uh, hopefully that will continue to grow. And as we have great guests like. Dave Kinning, I know mm-hmm. it will, because... You know, he just has so much knowledge. We could have talked for you know hours and hours and hours more, and we will. We'll have him on again. And I think that I I figured out something as we were talking. One thing that he said when we were talking is that, you know, we could do a whole segment on that. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe maybe we need to focus on one little segment as Mm -hmm. we do uh, when we do a show, especially with somebody like him who has brings so much to the table with regards to uh, information about the hobby and uh, and all that. So anyway, next Saturday uh, we'll see you with Dave May. The uh, CEO of Meekum Auctions, and we'll talk to him about the auction world and and the future of it, and the operational side of that thing. And uh, we'll look forward to to seeing you again here. Take
1: care. We appreciate you listening to our show today, and don't forget when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band.